All aboard and welcome to another animation station. This time, uh, I am Sparks Witty and I am joined by Ryan Eliopoulos. What's up? It's me. From the Fake Nerds because we just had to have a conversation about the fantastic first six episodes of the Disney show Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. If you didn't know, now you know, baby. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, out on Disney Plus, all six episodes, they're still uh, rolling them out on Disney Channel. So they're up to episode four. There, there. Uh, as of this recording, because I just checked, uh, episodes five and six premiere tomorrow. There we go. In the morning. Look at that. Look at that. We're Perfect. doing great. Synergy. Perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you real quick, Sparks. Uh, I'm so glad that you were like, hey, do you want to do, you want to review this show? And I was like, but it's on Disney Channel. I'm, I just, I don't watch regular TV. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Zoomer millennial man, right? Uh, he's like, hey, guess what? All six are dropping on Disney Plus. So I'm right. I'll be there tomorrow. And I did. I did that. And let me tell you, Sparks, uh, this is going to be in my top 10 already. Yeah. of the year yeah. i i God, I love, love this show so much i can't i can't even believe it i love the trailer i thought it was a great trailer but like it delivers on everything that that trailer promised uh and i i don't want to i don't want to compare it to this thing but like if spider-verse were like a tv show that's the quality i think the show is like sure. every episode it's funny. It's well animated. It's well. It's well acted. The music. I will go on a rant about how good the music is because I didn't know who the music person was until I was listening to the theme song, and I'm like, "This sounds like Raphael Sadiq, music composer Raphael Sadiq." And I'm like, "Holy shit, baby! Oh my god, uh, uh, he's great." Uh, I think this this is like maybe the best animation thing Marvel's Disney's put out, or Mar Marvel specifically, specific, because I don't watch a lot of like you know Disney Channel stuff, sure. but like in terms of Marvel animation. This is the best thing they put out since they used to be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this, if this is their return to form, oh my god, am I excited for the next couple projects they have out? Uh, I think this is just a winner on every single level. Yeah, uh, I fullheartedly agree. Um, I, I mean, we'll go, we'll go down to you know, for Marvel animation, you and I talked about this that like this is the best since Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes and Spectacular Spider-Man since that heyday, which is over a decade ago. And then when when I said I was like, oh wow, that makes me feel old. Yeah, but I'm like, we did have some good shows when we were growing up. And then and then even like looking at the other Disney animation projects, which there are some really great ones like Owl House. You've heard Ben and I talk about on the Fake Nerd podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Gravity Falls, uh, is Star versus the Force of Evil. Those are all great. Um, this is still wholly new to Disney animation. Like they're not, they have not put out anything like this before. Um, in terms of the style. I don't know. Again, I don't watch as much animation as you, but I don't know if I've, I've ever seen a show that looks like this. Gosh. Um, like, I mean like, like the, the mix. Of no, style. exactly. Exactly. Like this. No. Um, there are, I'm I sure this is a type of style that this is just like, it's like hyper, hyper colorful and stuff. Yeah. But like, again, like I don't watch a lot of animation. This is <clears> like, this is a new, like, I don't, this looks really fresh to me. Yes. Um, um I think that it's taking a lot of, there's a lot more, there's a lot more synergistic tools at, on display here that I think are actually more in line with a lot of the modern Cartoon Network shows sure. than what you get on Disney animation generally. But I will, I will say like none of them would I say is a one-to-one -one of what this show is doing with its style. Not, not in the terms of like the way the characters move in the environments is wholly unique to the show. Yeah. And then how colorful it is and the style. And then we talk about like, you know, the music video moments per episode is a whole other real house. Every episode, there's a music video battle. Yeah. Um, Can't even, it's the same. Which it's is same. honestly like just that on its own 
an excellent, like, visually stunning music. If that was the only time the show looked that good, this show would still be incredible. But the entire show looks great. Yeah. From top to bottom. Yeah. um, I'm I'm truly, like, Diamond White um, is fantastic as Moon Girl, uh, Lunella Lafayette. She also sings a lot of the music. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, There is, there is... Uh, not just uh, a lot of great like cameos that show up in the show, but also a lot of like music cameos. Like uh, uh, Raphael Sadiq is big in the industry, right? Uh, and he brought on a bunch of people he's worked with before. He brought on like Jennifer Hudson to 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 be a villain who also sings and stuff. Uh, she was main. Um, yeah, like music is like is like integral to the show um, in like a way that you we've seen before. But like it, it's just again, it's so it's so stylish and so like unique. Uh, I just. I'm I'm over I'm over the moon, you could say. About mm-hmm. this show. That's very accurate. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm over the moon about it as well. I I I fell for the show very quickly. I, I know you tweeted out that um the pilot might be one of the best pilots ever. It's a full self-contained story <laughs> about this girl, how she, she becomes friends with a dinosaur, there's a villain, you know, full 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 story arc right there. And I'm like, oh my god, like if this doesn't draw you in, like I don't know what could. Yeah. Um I think that uh you you and I like we both uh, did some reading of the comic run. I like, read the initial up debut. to eighteen issues now. Fantastic. I also love that comic. Yeah, and it is a very loose. Like the show is so much more stylish than the comic. The comic is like a traditional like Marvel comic, yeah. but it's really funny and it's got like a like you know a this, center. It was twenty fifteen, not exactly the time where Marvel was making like really really big swings stylistically. Sure, they were like you know with something like this, they were more like we just wanted to find an audience and we wanted to have the best chance of that. So we're not going to like do really wild stuff. The, the, the brand, the newest moon girl looks a lot like the show and it's right. very colorful, very stylish. But again, the, I, that first, uh, that first run of comics is incredible. Uh, it's 47 issues. Mm-hmm. And I can already tell you now, I'm probably going to read that whole thing because Marvel unlimited makes it easy. And those are light well. and breezy and every issue is fun. And like, there's some great drama, but like, you know, it always comes to like, yo man, this is a fun book about a smart girl. Uh, and that's what the show is about. This is a fun show about a smart girl whose best friend is a giant dinosaur. Yeah, I got to l- read a little bit more than the first trade's worth. Um, and some of that was reminding myself, because again, I read the first two issues way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And had to go back to it. Um, I really like this interpretation. I think this was such the right way to make her work for television. Um, just like loose comparison to the comics things. The one thing that stands out to me is the incorporation of how the family works in her world it's more this, this skating rink thing yeah. the the presence of them and i think it's really valuable how um they generally like a lot of not all animated shows but certainly disney animated shows uh the parental units would look more like the grandparents look like in this show sure and now we're getting something youthful more, more youthful about the parents the um, mom is a dj at, a, at the roller rink yeah right yeah Absolutely. and i and i think that's it's serving the character really well to have this i think the family dynamic is really working on the show without yeah. being like overbearing i think that they they interwove their them into Lunella's life in a way that I really, really appreciate. Well, the great, the thing that works so well about the show is like, we are following, you know, this girl who's becoming a superhero, but she's not Tony Stark. She's not Steve Rogers where they're adults. She's a child. Mm-hmm. So her family like kind of has to be there. Otherwise I'm like, is she just running around like without parents her entire, like, you know, for me, this adds to it and it just makes it more make sense. We're like, this is this young girl going through changes and you know, like whether they're superhero or just regular life. 
uh, and having having like the family stuff be integral to the story as well with like the roller rink, having it be about the community. The first episode has this beautiful like montage about like, look at our beautiful community. Mm. Look how we're all together. Mm -hmm. Look how it's getting gentrified by white people. Like every thing I love this show because every single episode has like a message uh, and it's usually a really beautiful message and family is always so important and it's never, and it's always about like helping and being and like loving. And this is such a wholesome show. And like any, like, there's no like negative aspect of the show besides like the villain showing up. And even, even the villains are stupid fun. Like, yeah. even though they're bad, like, ooh, but they can't help but feel good about it. You know what I mean? They're not like evil. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's such a wonderful show for, I think for an entire audience. I think they did a really good job because uh, you brought up the lesson. I think they do a really good job each episode of not hiding the lesson, but not making the lesson feel like it's being forced into the story. Like, hey, over the story, the story is really organically formed with the lesson in mind yeah um i love it's always working in tandem yeah i think every episode's like message is like really great i think my favorite is the internet troll one because that is one that like a very it's a very 21st century thing of like don't feed the trolls and how do you personify that in a superhero show when you when you react to a troll he grows in strength right. and he becomes the actual monster and i'm like that is so incredibly smart. And I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened in like pop culture, but like seeing it here, it's just like, oh my God, it's it's incredible. And she just has to be, she has to have her own self-confidence and believe in herself. And that's what destroys the troll. And I'm like, oh my God, this is such a good show for kids. It's so good. It, yeah. it's, again, it's like, it's not beating over the head. Uh, I think it's, I think this is a really funny and it's a sharp show. I think the jokes, uh, I think if adults are watching the show, they'll get, they'll get a lot of things that maybe kids won't get, but kids can totally eat all this stuff because it, it just looks so good and it's so it's so fun. Yeah. It's a it's so vivid. Such a vivid show. Um colorful. Like you said, uh I, I think that the jokes are really landing and um it's really punny. It's super punny. It's it's doing such a good job. I, I do want to talk episode by episode, but first mm -hmm. like that, it's doing such a good job of living in the world of the Marvel universe without feeling beholden to the world of the Marvel universe. Yeah. I'm glad that Usually shows like this, I feel like they tend to go one way or another, which is like they're gonna like there's gonna constantly be acknowledgments and references to the Marvel universe yeah. at large, and like it's always there. And that like, is kind of gotta always bring yeah. it back to it, or it's gonna totally ignore it. Ignore it, yeah. Um, and I think we're writing a really great line. Like, uh, you know, obviously, like there's there's some standout references, like the Captain America graffiti that's in the first episode. But I'm thinking of like the fact that the troll thing you just brought up is a symbiote. Um, oh yeah, it's a, it's a loose whole yeah, other like right. not direct pull thing from spider-man but yeah. it's like it's within the spider-man universe and it's like on the table because of that yeah or um god when we get to the beyonder episode and the wakandans are brought up i'm like i i was thinking in my head i'm like it's so wonderful that we're at this point in pop culture because you wouldn't have been able to just say the wakandans and have the kids understand that Absolutely, uh yeah. you know a decade ago but yeah. here we are and now like you can just say the wakandans and like it, it's impactful in a grander sense of just saying like Will Black Panther show up? It doesn't matter if Black yeah. Panther would show up or anything. You already know like what it means to these kids for the Wakandans to do be doing outreach. And it's and it shows that this show that like this show believes in itself enough where like it doesn't need a Captain America to show up in an episode and then Iron Man to show up because like the comic does that, but like that's because it's a comic and that makes sense, you know. Like and it's not random heroes; it's all young heroes. Like Amadeus Cho shows up, Ironheart shows up. It's mm -hmm. all these young heroes, right? So like for this show, like. It's it, if it happens, that's great. But like, I think the show is is good enough to just stand on its own. It doesn't need the MCU or the Marvelification of it. You right. can have the references, and because you know, 
uh, kids probably know about Black Panther, like they'll get that reference. You don't. It's like you said. You, you can don't live, need to see it. You can live in the world, but you don't have to like throw the world into the show yeah. all the time. It could just be the Marvel universe. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. I think they've done a good job of it. And like it was something that when we were first watching it, um, like the first couple episodes, I I kind of wondered like. Should an Avenger show up? Should something happen here to acknowledge that, like, there's a yeah. dinosaur running around the New Beyonder York? shows you up? At it, you like... look at it in comparison to like the comic and Amadeus show, like you said, mm -hmm. shows up because of the dinosaur running around. And yeah. it's like that. Well, it kind of makes sense. Like, wouldn't one of the superheroes show up because of the dinosaur? Yeah. And initially, I was like, I feel like that should be addressed. And then I just kind of went, it's fine. It's it's fine. Like they they. I think you can you can hand wave it away very quickly as like any other superhero that's out there sees moon girl and devil dinosaur clearly doing good from beat one. Yeah. Uh, let her do her thing. I did. I did take notes for the show, which I don't Fantastic. often do. Um, uh, uh, oh yeah. Why don't we call the Avengers? Yeah. They don't come below 14th street. Yes. Cause like, it's just like any threat that's happening to this small community. It's just like, it's not even worth the Avengers time, uh, which, you know, is, can be said about like <laughs> the real world, unfortunately, you know, like <laughs> what does she, what does she call their area? Uh, when she's saying like what the area she's defending, the area of New York. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. God. Uh, she had like an acronym for it, and I can't. Oh, remember Lower now. East Side. Low, yeah, the LES. The LES. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the LES. Um, yeah, I really, really like it. Uh, let's talk, let's talk specifically about the first episode. I did want to highlight. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um, I'm not raising my baby in New Jersey. Made if made, immediately made me laugh. Yes. Uh, as shit starts happening. <laughs> no, constantly like, no offense to New Jersey. <laughs> no offense to New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Like that is that is really funny. So the first episode, the 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 double size pilot episode is Moon Girl Landing. Um, it is directed by Trey uh Bon Bongiorno and Christine Liu. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's written by Jeffrey M. Howard and Kate Condal. So I uh, looked. I you you have it up. But yeah. I also like. Uh, I do want to talk about the 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 creative team because you know this is a this is a, a a show about black people. It is created by all white people. The thing is, it was created by white people, but majority of the of the writing crew and animators and like and the music is done by by African American people. So right. like so like the the intentions are there. They didn't like. Uh, they they wanted to get people that weren't white into the thing, but like they were the ones who got the program started, and that's always a good sign because this could have been really unauthentic and if anything this is a really authentic like black experience you feel it yeah um there's I an episode there's, all about a hair i was gonna say yeah. i don't think there's anything more prominent to me of like how great this show is and and how well it's doing than the hair today gone tomorrow episode which we'll get to in yeah a, uh as we go episode by episode breakdown but um i do think that that you're right that this pilot's just exceptional um that it, it grabs you um you're immediately enamored with the character i think they did a smart job decision to um age lunella from her appearance in the comics she's 13 initially. yeah she's yeah. 13 here she's yeah. nine uh in she's the a comics. kid kid and i think 13 works a little better for the amount of like independence they want to let the parents give her yes 100%. Um, it feels believable where they're not like smothering her in the uh, comic but they are concerned yeah in the comic it's not a negative it's not negative at all but she has nine and she's often missing so her parents are constantly like what is what are you doing right. you're not Nine years old yeah. uh, as a parent would be if yeah, you're a nine-year-old yeah yeah and and with the 13 year old like the it feels more comfortable for the parents to kind of trust her she's very smart um that they can allow her to have that that kind of sense of separation and independence yeah. that she's earned Absolutely. Um, i really like the uh evolution of her friendship that starts in this episode as well with cassie Casey? Casey. Casey, yes, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, her. You can't see. Oh, you can't. It's on the other screen. Yeah, she has a uh, social media friend who, at first, is all about the clicks, but then they become BFFs. Yeah. She's great. Um, Love her. Casey's great. Uh, I think she's she's 
wonderful you compared her and I saw it to to She Hulk's friend from the yeah uh, Nikki, MCU show Nikki. Nikki. She is almost exactly like Nikki. Nikki twenty like when she was thirteen years old. Yeah, she yeah, has yeah. that same like great uh, great friend energy, uh, great vibes. Yeah, yeah, very stylish dresser. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I really liked uh, that this first episode is entirely about the community. It's about the Lower East Side. It's about um, them all being attacked by something and her and devil dinosaur kind of pulling together to face it yeah uh allison brie is an electric electric villain and yeah. she's sap zapping the power of all the different communities so all these places are going out of business uh uh because of this this evil white lady who doesn't care because no one that's the whole thing about her is like no one cares about this community so i can do whatever i want to it right and then she turns out to be a teacher that's a great fun reveal it's like a vulture moment i love it uh sparks fly uh god Alison Brie is so fun as this villain. I love when she becomes the substitute teacher and then she's just like full villain mode in the middle of school. <laughs> and a kid walks in, he's like, get out of here! Like, it's just really, really great. All, like, all the villains are great, but like, they all they all tie into like, to the message of the show or the community or some way where it's not just, I'm just here to be mean. It's like, I am here to ruin a part of your life and you're going to overcome it and we're all going to become better for it. Like, it's, it's never just like, oh, I'm mean just to be mean. Like, there's always like, there's always... People aren't mean just to be mean. There's always something internal about it. And this show is what is a uh, is exploring every villain's internal. Why are you sad, bro? Yeah. What's going on inside? Um, I think they did a really good job with replicating. Some people have pointed out, like, you know, uh, the differences in how the relationship between Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur forms. I like this version a lot. I like that it is that Devil Dinosaur is kind of committed to her from from early on yeah um and i also like how she just picks up like i can i can speak dinosaur with him she just yeah. does that see uh, yeah it's a thing from the comic where it is she is a really interesting inhuman where before she's before she gets turned into an inhuman she's already the smartest person on the planet her power once she when she terramorphs is to switch bodies with devil dinosaur so she becomes a dinosaur and he enters her body and that's her inhuman power I don't think you need that for this show. No. Uh, I think her being the smartest person on the planet, finding a dinosaur and they just can communicate. This is a comic book show. I'm kind of just with it. I'm kind of just with it. It's fine. It, it vibes really well. I think that it, they didn't need to explain it more. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just kind of worked. Um, and again, I think it was that it was so smart the way they centered that first episode around a lot of different things, but really, really succinctly. Um, you know, it's about her fascination with, what she calls Moon Girl, which leads to her her alternate identity. Oh, um, I, I real quick, I love because like Moon Boy is an original like old school character with Devil Dinosaur, yeah. And then it was like you know the the a remodern version with Moon Girl, and like they could have done stuff like you read the comic, like they could have done stuff with like the old Caveman Monkey Man of Moon Man or Moon Boy, but like making her hero like a real astronaut. Uh, uh, whose name was Moon? Girl, that's like that's so inspiring and that's really cool. I, I think love like, that. I think like um. Much to the point of what you're saying, I like that comic. I think that comic's really good. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they felt the freedom to reinterpret her introduction and yeah. uh, how they would set up that, that we're not chasing the beats of the comic. We're kind of doing our own thing. And I think it really works as adaptation. I think it in the world of uh, television animation, mm -hmm. this works a lot better yeah. uh, than, than that kind of, it, that's a clunky introduction, I think for a show like this. And yeah. I think that this was so, so smooth, so direct. It's about her. It's about the community. It's about the family. It's about yeah. devil dinosaur. And they, they, they leave it open where like, she does open up a portal where he steps through. There's no reason that they can't, if they do, want to explore her you know old stuff they can 
Like they didn't they did not do what they did in the comic. They just changed a little bit. Well, he uh, makes it look like he's gonna go through and stay yes. away and yeah. but he didn't he comes and saves the day god he's so great he's I love devil so, dinosaur somebody said that he reminds him of like toothless and i'm like oh yeah okay sure he reminds me of toothless i also think he kind of reminds me of like for a television show um kind of like the best new version of scooby-doo in a way oh yeah uh he's got a lot of like the facial communicative pre pre yeah. presence of scooby-doo without that. Yeah. without being able to talk like scooby can yeah um but I, I think like they do a really great job with Devil Dinosaur being engaged at all times. Like Devil Dinosaur, it's always clear how Devil Dinosaur is feeling. Yes, very um, expressive. The show, is yeah, great. how how he's connecting. Uh, yeah, that first episode is just just incredible. I think anybody who watches it gets hooked on the show. Yeah, they did an amazing job. Oh my gosh, I have so many lines here. I don't even know what they mean because I watched this a couple of days ago. Um, oh, the uh, the emotional goodbye when she tries to kick him out. We talked about this on the podcast. We're like, will you pretend not to care? He's like, go on, get out of here, you stupid dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. That was actually emotional. Right. Like that really got me. I'm like, damn, this is this, this show's getting me. I love it. It was great. Um, uh, oh, her first superhero attempt when she went on her own went really badly. And the yeah. guys were just making fun of her. And I was like, no, nah, that's funny. I think that's great. Um, her underground lair, uh, very, very cool. A little reminiscent of Amazing Spider-Man, you know, underground uh, subway tunnel kind of thing. Um I scrolled down on the, uh, I was checking the cast list to mention people and I scrolled down and I've seen some people that now I'm like, I also, oh. <laughs> I was checking out, oh, who are the cameos? And there are like, damn, there was, there's a lot of cool people showing up on this show I wish I didn't know about. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Um, there's, uh, I was going to shout out real quick. Like, I, I really love, um, you know, we got Craig Robinson playing the principal. This is an all-star cast. Like, oh, yeah. just like the amount of people lending their voices, this is a really good show yeah. uh, with with a great voice cast. I'm just very pleased with it. Oh, one of my favorite lines from episode one is, um, I think her name's Aftershock. Aftershock is fighting Moon Girl and her mom's there. And she's like, hi, mom, your dumb daughter's flunking science as they're fighting. And I'm like, that's that's really fun. Yeah. I love it. Um, super pleased to see uh, Marvel uh, mainstay Alfrey Woodard. Three. She's got three appearances uh, now. Playing Mimi. Get it. Uh, I I really love that. That's her, um, and she's just like, giving out like words of wisdom. Yeah, and I and I honestly that works so well. Um, it yeah. it fits into the world beautifully. Oh, read you know, Fred Fred Tatascore is Devil Dinosaur, and he's a he's a video game voice actor legend, anime legend. He's been Wolverine. Like you've heard this guy's voice forever. He's great at grunting, and he's just he's just dinosaur in, in the. He's the also show. the coach, Coach Herbic. Ah, uh, it's funny. Look at that double pull and double duty. I love it. He was playing both of the, both of those. Um, yeah, it's a great it's a great cast. I could go through and name everybody, and I would tell you that they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one that we caught when we finally got to the Beyonder episode, uh, finally picked out. Oh, the narrator the whole time has been uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, and I like who I, is also the Beyonder because like he, because the narrator has been the Beyonder, which is an incredible like an incredible like reveal for no real good reason, but it's like, Oh shit, you've been here the whole time watching her. Like this whole thing's been like a to get to episode six in a way. And I'm like, Oh man, yeah. this has been a whole comic book arc. Yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah. We're jumping ahead. I did want to go from uh, the, the pilot, which is again, like a, an incredible pilot to mm -hmm. the burrow Billy, uh, the burrow bully, which um, also something I wanted to highlight a, the intro, the intro is fantastic. Um, I love her song, Moon Girl Magic. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, also, I love that the episode titles um, show up with the the like stylized graffiti like, title. Like, uh, I think it looks great. Yeah, uh, like, not, I don't know how many 
shows do this, but it, like I know, uh, like SpongeBob did it, uh, uh, Adventure Time, where it has like this is the name and here's the people who wrote it. And I'm like, do shows not do that anymore? Like that's, that's like a thing I remember, but it doesn't happen all the time. I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but uh, it it's God, this is a great show. Um, animation has gotten a lot better about showing those kinds of credits. That's great. Uh, that's good. Uh, so the Burrow Bully is written by, uh, sorry, um, is directed by uh, again Troy Trey uh, Biondorno and written by Halima Lucas. Um, and this is one is really great. Like you said, the internet troll thing, this idea of like Casey telling her like you just gotta you gotta just be okay with this. You just gotta ignore it. and she can't help herself. Is this and the she one... makes this big dumb symbiote troll grow? Is this the one where like he he calls her a five head and then she makes like a whole video about how her head is scientifically? Yes. yes. God, oh Lunella, you're so cute. Yeah, she totally bunks that one. Uh, you never feed the trolls. If you're on the internet, you know this. But uh, this is how you learn. And again, like to to like make that into real form of if you feed a troll, he grows physical strength to beat your ass. It's just a really fun concept. Uh, because in like you have to become better, and it just defeats the troll on its own. Like that's really like self self improvement is the winner today. It's just a great message. I love that. Yeah. Um. I really, really like that episode. I'm really glad that that lesson came at the time it did. I thought it was such a smart call to say, like, Moon Girl has now moved into the public zeitgeist, so this is the immediate issue she has to deal with. Yeah, she's internet trolling. Yeah, uh, her friend Casey, her social media manager, the, her videos are blowing up, getting thousands and thousands of likes and views. Uh, her, She has, like, an opening fight scene against this guy named Davos, and she's like, take a chill pill, Davos. And he's like, Davos doesn't need medicine. He only needs to destroy. And I'm like, I love comic books, man. I love comic books. <laughs> Uh, Davos the Destroyer, also uh, voiced by the voice of Fred Tadascore. Yeah. Man, that guy, I'm loving it. Um, get that, get that paycheck. Yeah, that that troll episode. The fact that it was a troll symbiote that was feeding on someone who just felt like Boom Girl was stepping on their crap all the time. And it was it was her friend Eduardo, right? No, no, no. It I was uh, it was a different guy. It okay, was, okay. Um, uh, uh, he was voiced by Ian Alexander. Um, hmm. Bing bong. Gotta find his name. Angelo, Angelo, who was right. doing all the activism. That's right. And Moon Girl's antics were like constantly wrecking what was going on there. Oh. And he was actually and stealing the attention. Oh, he was doing like possum sh stuff. Yeah, <laughs> about possums or something. Possum. Yeah, keep the possums alive. I That's really good. love. I really love. Uh, you know, Lunella doesn't just have a song here. So does the Burrow Bully, uh, with the song thrown at them. And I thought that was really good. The troll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really like that episode. Uh, then we get Run the Rink, the third episode, which is directed by uh, Ben Juono and written by Jeffrey M. Howard and Kate Condal. And the reason I want to highlight Run the Rink is um, Run the Rink is one of the funniest to me because I think they did such a good job with this idea of the co the common cartoon uh, thing of honestly like family sitcom thing of <clears throat> oh, oh no need money <laughs> i know i broke thing need money quickly replace before parent yeah. get home well, we only have 12 hours to raise five thousand dollars and and i really really like that um they come up with this plan it's a great plan and they pull it off and then villains see it as an opportunity for them to gain clout yeah uh or a toy um in the terms of man baby but this is where the narrator thing really started to work for me because you get the narrator with the like comic flashes yeah uh paneling giving you a quick recap like little timmy was uh, uh, playing in his father's basement I should, when, man, he, upon reflection like i should have known that was lawrence fishburne so i'm like man he's, he's, he's yeah every time a villain is introduced you get like a 30 second like comic book origin 
question of like, Jimmy did this, blah, blah, blah. And like every single time it's really funny. But but my favorite thing about this episode was the fact that um, the, the big one for this episode is Gravitas. And the reason Gravitas is there is because in the opening bit, which is about Moon Girl just trying to race to a car wash to get Devil Dinosaur clean, he accidentally hit a van. Turns out that was a super villain who, villain who just robbed a bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the van exploded and he was mad about it. Yeah, very um, like that <laughs> use of gravitas, like the way that circled back around, like she, she didn't give two craps about him. Yeah. And he's so vengefully jealous. This is, again, this is Jason Momoa in, in Fast 10. Just getting that revenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, really liked it. And I like the use of his powers visually. I think it's really great. This is where the, um, uh, we saw this clip a long time ago, the Childish Gambino uh, song got put in. And it, it looks great. It's an incredible music video bit. I think Gravitas uh, has some of the coolest style power stuff going yeah. on with uh, in tandem with what Moon Girl's doing. And again, like every one of these <clears throat> like music video battles, like they're all, they all do the thing of like where it like it, I don't know what you would call it. Like it inverts its colors or something, but like, it's almost like neon black, like black and white, but with color. Uh, but everyone feels different. Like they're not all the same. Like sometimes they're a little slower, or a little faster. Like everyone feels unique and fun, but like they all do like, they do like fun, like, like you were saying like panel stuff. And I'm like, man, this is just like, this is, there's not one lazy aspect about the show. No. Like you think like six episodes in, they'll slow it down, but like every episode just gets crazier. Like it's, it's so impressive. Um, the character models look great at all times. They're moving through these environments that are so vivid. This 2D animation is just so amazing. Yeah. Um, and the, the, you know, you've got in the environments, you've got the comic dots. Uh, they're present. They're oh my God. Clear. Like when, I don't remember what episode it is, but like she's, she's up in the sky and you see the city and the city has like all, uh, dots all over them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that is such a great touch. Oh you can God. see it. You can see it in the image behind us too. Um, on the oh yeah, wall. that's true. Yeah. It's got some of the comic dots there. Love it. Uh, it looks it looks just incredible. This is a good time, I think, also to talk about um, Moon Girl's eyes, her goggles. Oh. Uh, what a genius uh, use of animation. Her eyes are constantly changing to be expressive, and I think it looks so good. Yeah, uh, not just her eyes, but, like, the entire show is full of stuff popping off at the screen. Like... This is very much a show for like kids to pay attention to because there was like they are every time you can see it behind us. Yeah, every time they express something, it's a heart emoji or it's like an anger emoji or it's like them yelling or a chibi version. Like it's stuff that I would see in Ultimate Spider-Man that I didn't like that I think this show is doing significantly like significantly better. Yeah, like especially like I remember stuff from Ultimate Spider-Man mm -hmm. and it turned me off where I think this show is like it's doing that but like just it made me feel good instead of feel bad. I, I love like one that stands out is in Run the Rink, which is when Casey suggests uh, that it's a good thing that the villains are showing up and like Moon Girl's trying to process and that's like as the three dots scrolling on her eyes. Um, it just looks like it keeps it in constant motion. It's so appealing. It's so engaging. Yeah. Um, she's so much more emotive, even though you lose her eyes directly. This adds so much to her presence as a character when she's wearing yeah. the helmet. She's also just so expressive. Like with her arms and her legs, and she's like, she's always she's rollerblading around. And all again, the time. like, and again, like Diamond White just doing an incredible job voicing the character. Uh, yeah. Love it, uh, love it so much. Absolutely. The next one is um, episode four, Check Yourself, which is directed by Rodney Clouden and Ben Juono, and um, written by Maggie Rose. And this is the one where um, Lunella is uh, learning that people don't like playing games with her uh, oh, because she she. Uh, gets obsessive about victory and like winning at the best. Uh, not even just like 
it's not even just competitive because like they point out like the family game night, like she's already winning in Scrabble by 150. It's that like, I can make a better word than this. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it's constantly can't just trying to be like the best version. Right. She yeah, has yeah. a hard time just turning off and, and having fun. That's right. And I think this is so, this is a very good, like one where it's just directly like the lesson is that you need to just like, let go just of that out. obsessive nature. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, the, the episodes called check yourself, which I think is really good because they're doing the chess and the checking and all that. And uh, right. This is the AI robot. Oh yes. my God. This episode. Is so every episode is so good of the show. I was yeah. like, who's the villain? Right. It's that awesome AI who just wanted to be her friend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I really, really like that. I really like the way that comes back on Lunella. I, I, I mm -hmm. think that it's just a really well thought out episode. Um, and it puts her like with the school stuff front and center. You get a lot more to Lunella before you eventually get to Moon Girl with this. This in the next episode, which is Hair Today Gone Tomorrow. Um, both of those are are very Lunella first, Moon Girl second. Yeah, yeah. And I think it really works. Um, I'm glad that the show doesn't feel like it has to throw Moon Girl at you the whole time. Yeah. Um, to be engaged with it. That's a good it. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, her yeah she, her her like the final chess battle where like the AI is about to die. <clears throat> It's about to overheat, and I was like, "Just one more minute." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, you're about to kill this, kill this, this, this friend, your friend." I'm like, it's it's really good. Like again, great message. Like, and, and a great a great battle through the school. Yeah, oh it was yeah, really good. Uh, uh, and then like yeah, the sprinklers go off, and like it cools her off, and like you know, it's all it, it's, it's all kosher in the end. But Lunella just have some fun. Just have uh, some fun. The the last two are are just incredible episodes, top to bottom. Um, we'll talk about episode five first, which is Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow, directed by Christine Liu, written by Lisa Muse Bryant. Um, and boy, what an incredible episode. Uh, we already kind of mentioned it earlier, this, this focus on black girl hair. Mm -hmm. um, and this is where the phrase like black girl magic specifically comes in. Uh, it's a very, very like recognizing who the show is is putting as its protagonist. And I thought that was really great um, because I, you know, I'm at an age and I'm sure you are too, where like we understand a lot of things about how black hair is treated in general, especially in like uh, the things that come out lately about actors who get uh, hairdressers on films and television yes. who don't know what to do with their hair yeah. um, and mistreat the, the hair and things like that. And uh, the fact that it's a, it's a really important thing to recognize that like, hair for them is not the same as hair for everyone yeah. else uh, in the comic book industry it's a big problem because we have a lot of white artists who just don't know how to draw black hair and they just do the worst things right and it's just like guys just just ask ask for help if you need to look at our example like you're just like drawing just like the worst things and not even like yeah it's fine no, no big deal. but like it's also like a for a while there at least not not so much anymore but like for a while there it was a lot of snake eating the own tail right because it was uh, you know, they would turn to movies and television and how did black girl, black women and black male hair look in, in movies and television? Like, yeah. well, we find out that most of the time, not the way that it should because of who was yeah. doing the hairdressing on the show. So, it, it, you know, we're getting out of that. We're getting more recognition and again, like products like this, where it's saying directly, like, understand that you have to love your hair your own way. And that it's a part of They do that incredible, like, uh, uh, it's a part of our history piece where you see all the different like yeah. forms of black hair through time through like the past and in, in the culture and i thought that was really great i also love that um it shows the variety of lunella's looks as she was growing yeah. up i thought that was really she's great. got a whole wall of it um of but different looks but also i was waiting for this one to get to i think they made such a smart choice for the style of the show of how to show us curly black hair yeah um rather than making it something that was going to be 
too complex for the style of show and too complex for them to do all the time. I think they made a really excellent choice in how simplistic it is, but you get the idea that this is curly hair. Um, and I think it looks great. Yeah, a hundred percent. All the different, especially like this episode being all about hair, like all the different looks are, are awesome. Yeah. Uh, again, like the show looks so good. Uh, and having, again, like having black creators is, is really important. And like, I, this, I know it's like, it's like a cheesy thing, but like, I can, I can see a, like a little girl watching the show going like that. I deal with that. And that's not something that like, like 10, 20 years ago, that was something that they could see possibly. And I think that's just really cool. Cause it's I, just, it's just real life. I felt the, because I understood in the moment, like what they were doing. Uh, I felt the tenseness in my chest when the girl behind her says like, your hair always looks messy. Yeah. And I was like, oh. God, that's so rough what man. We're doing. which yeah. is awful because it's you know that is what happens and yeah. like it's it, it's so it's so good that they included that i think it i think that like this one in particular is is just really black positive yeah. um in such a major way and in such an influential way like it's doing the same kind of work that we're seeing a lot of um you know the new the newer proud family show is doing um you know but, what i that was probably like that might be like I used to watch the Proud Family, but I was 20, 20 years ago at this point. Sure, like, it's been Jesus, a long time, man. Like I remember the Proud Family. Yeah. yeah, but that new show is out there, and it's bringing a lot of like, where, where, where is the culture now? What do black people need to be seeing on television? And and I, I think they're applying that. And Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, I think, is taking its opportunity to. Um, I think Proud Family is actually being a little more activist about it, but Moon Girl right now, I think, is just incorporating like this is a part of the identity of the show. And so yeah. we will acknowledge it as part of the identity of the show. Uh, and I think that's, that's so good. Um, yeah. I, I just, I really love this episode. And again, uh, you like uh, Alfie Woodard as like being me, like this is like a big episode for her. And she's like, yeah, like, you know, it's a part of our history. It's part of who we are and you got to love who you are. Yeah. And like, you are different from like, we are, we do have different hair from other people. That doesn't make it bad or anything. Like, that's just like, that is, that is so important. Cause like, 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 no matter who you are, like, people are self-conscious about the way they look. And whether things you can control or not, like, you just got to love yourself. And that is, that is, again, that's why I love this show. It's so self-important. It, like, it's so about, like, yo, man, you are great who you are. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I love that. Um, I think the other thing I love about the way they did this lesson in particular is that, like, it is a lesson for, like, young Black uh, children to look at and acknowledge about their their hair but it's also a good lesson for uh others to have with their kids who are not black yeah. and look at it and be like this is important and this is how to respect that people look different and yeah. this is part of who they are and accept it and care about it yeah um and i think it does a good job of presenting that too like bringing you around because i think they do a good job of like not saying directly in the moment that what the kids said was wrong. Yeah. But that it is misinformation and that that misinformation gets addressed by her mom and Mimi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the later part of the episode, um, because I think that's a smart way to handle it because you're, it, you're welcoming in the perspective that like, if it is a young kid who's looking at it, who's been told otherwise, it's not saying you're wrong. Yeah you know, like directly, you are wrong to say that and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're misinformed. Yeah. Um, let, let us teach you what you really need to know about it. And I think that's a smarter way to come at it rather than like having some confrontation moment there or anything like that. Cause again, this is like, they are, they are, you know, kids. Yeah. And like, and again, I, it could be that like this girl's not meaning to be like racist or anything. Just like her hair looks messy, but like, she just doesn't understand that. Like it's she doesn't understand that her, that her sentiment is based in racism. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Because we don't, when we're kids, we yeah. don't, if we, if we don't grow up 
being exposed to it and being you know told about it we don't get it absolutely yeah. uh, and i thought that was a really good way to like handle the camaranda in the episode is because like even though there's no direct confrontation necessarily with that kid later um the way that they have the conversation with Lunella invites for children who could have been in that position to recognize that it is misinformation yeah and inside of this beautiful episode about like loving yourself and accepting who you are there's also still a superhero show where her hair comes alive and she has and she wants to create other living hair organisms to take over the world and i'm like the show just has everything it's incredible love it yeah jennifer hudson's like plays main main like the villain like like a head main of hair yes really funny really great uh lunella lunella being bald this whole episode was like that's a look that's such a look yeah, yeah. it's so it's it's really great I, I really like it. I think it's a, it's it, it's super well executed in all its ways. Um, I also love the great comedy around Casey uh, with the, all, all the wigs and like this is my lab. This oh, is my she has obsession. like sixty four wigs and she has a funeral for every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I forget the name of the wig she gives her, but when it, like every time it's in the pot, the, oh. the pot, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Um, Casey also, uh, pointedly, I think they did a really good job of like, it's it's the right amount of like inclusion and not, uh, uh, I think, trying to, not in the way where it doesn't make it feel like it's just normal, mm -hmm. which is that she has two dads. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I just love like, generally speaking, in my experience, especially in the past like decade, if you want to see where like LGBTQ or racial representation is being handled the best, it's generally going to be in children's cartoons at this yeah, point. Yeah. They tend to be trying to find the way to make it feel like this is normal. Um, and rather than paint a like, you know, uh, heavy, heavy in your face, like uh, draw a lot of attention to some of these aspects. Like again, like the, the hair thing is a topic but it's not like uh it's not something where i feel like they're they're banging down on some on uh, a forced message for uh a reason of inclusion rather just like telling a story that belongs naturally yeah. in the identity of the show and, and how many episodes of a tv show like this have probably ever happened in real life right probably not many yeah like <laughs> And, and when you get to generally like a lot of shows lately, the children's shows, when they get to having like queer parents, they're doing a really good job, I think, of making it something where it's like, that's not a big deal. This yeah. is not something we need to make a big story about or explanation over as it because should be, it should yeah. be normal. They're just, they're just people that um, exist. Absolutely. And I really like that for, for Casey's dads as well. I love it. Okay, the last episode we're going to talk about is The Beyonder, with, uh, which is directed by Ben Juano and Samantha Sui Lee and written by Helena Lucas. And boy, howdy, is this a great episode. God, like, we have our narrator, you know, Larry B. He's been doing his thing. Um... But then he starts like talking to Lunella and she's like, did you just talk to me? Yeah. What, what? And then it turns out that like, oh, the Beyonder shows up and he's been watching Lunella this whole time yeah. because he was sent from his planet of Beyonders to test the human race to see if they're worth surviving or whatever. And he's been watching her. Uh, and he just puts her through some trials and tribulations and fun stuff. And boy, howdy, has Larry Fishburne never been more fun in his entire life. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, I, 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 he's he's done a lot of things that I haven't that I haven't seen everything of, but I'm thinking of the last like 20 years, and I'm like, has he been like a goofball, like a super goofball? Besides that, the Muppets for sure short you showed yeah, me yeah. that he's in one minute of, but I'm like, like since like Pee Wee Herman, like I don't know if Lawrence Fishburne has done something this kooky before, where he's just straight I don't think, I don't think this this 
beyond. Yeah, uh, it is, I'll say he sings at the end. Like he he's he is so whimsical. It is like I didn't know you were capable of this, Lawrence Fishburne. He's, You're incredible. He's so good. Um, the Beyonder is executed into the show so incredibly well. Um, he looks so cool. This is the way I turned to Ryan after the episode, and I was like, I the MCU would never. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's a shame because like it's such a good it's such a good use of this beyond uh you know the regular standards of what even a marvel show or comic would be encountering that something so it's a being so much past it and i'm going to hit like god basically. and i love and i love when they do something like this and they have them adapt to the medium they're in so you know he's like using things with the television screen size to uh mess with scale yeah. and things like that um it's so well executed and I wish I wish that the MCU were in a place where it would be this bold with a character where it can just be getting like wacky as yeah. hell and there is and, and break the whole concept yeah and this this is a unconfirmed rumor and I don't believe it, but there is a rumor that the Beyonder will be a version of Kang and I'm just like man just look at this show what you can do yeah. with a character like this because the Beyonder in the comics is just like a boring like white dude with omnipotent power and that just means you can do whatever you want with him because he's a god who can just do whatever he wants. So like turning him into this Beyonder guy where he's like super funny and whimsical and he's like musical and he's like, yeah, I'm here to test you. Like, no big deal. Don't you're, you'll die or whatever. But like, no, don't think about it. I think the are. only live action thing that's even gotten close, close, and I still wouldn't say all the way out there to being this uh, way with a character like this is Doom Patrol. In yeah. It's first season. No, yeah. I'll, with Mr. Yeah, Nobody. 100%. Yeah. Um, but even then, like I, this has made me go like, oh, man, I kind of want the Beyonder to be animated, regardless of if everyone else is in live action in yeah. the MCU. Like, just he's he's on a whole other plane. He's constantly like levitating, floating. He has like like little blips and bloops always going off when he uses his powers or or just living. Less. He again, like, there's no lazy aspect of the show, and he is like the most like realized. Like, there's so much shit going on with this villain in this whole episode. It's crazy. Well, and like, and the show becomes a show around him. Which it isn't like when he's not there for him, uh, the style of the show where lines happen, panels, things like that. It all happens around him because he dominates the space he's in, recognizing to some extent he is in a show. Yeah, he has one of my favorite moments, which is like I've always wanted a character like this to to have this kind of like it's so intimidating moment where um, Lunella thinks that she's gotten one over him. And he's like, do you know what's even better than being all powerful? being all-knowing oh, and like yeah. just like breaks that down yeah, on yeah. her and it's like yeah i know everything i'm yeah. omniscient and i saw it yeah uh and i was like of course you did that's so good doesn't he doesn't he like he oh you like you lost i'm gonna destroy everything but he's like nah, yes. that's right yeah, yeah he fakes her he fakes her yeah, out but he makes it look like he's destroying everything so like the whole world starts like falling apart yeah, disappearing. yeah. um really good just a really good episode i um, i hope because this is only a 10 episode season. Uh, I was hoping it was 12, so we get like six and six, but there's only four more. Yeah. Uh, I'm praying that this gets like a thousand seasons because like it's so good. We like, already know there's a season two. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's what but, I thought, yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I hope the Beyonder shows up again just because like his presence is just like, so fun. And you know so what? Fun. And you know what? Like honestly, props to, the, to Disney for really wanting to push this show because like. They put Moon Girl in California Adventure the week this show came out. Yeah, they did. They put her in California Adventure That's in incredible. costume. They've reoriented the photo op area that used to belong to Peter that has the like New York oh, building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It now has like devil dinosaur graffiti on it and stuff like that that is her oh, space dude. now um, I, i'm so excited i don't think that's gonna go away soon and so like you know they're trying they're trying to get people excited just about like this. like with andor andor 
huge success and they're like all right we got to put it on every other station because we need more people watching this like that's again like i'm so glad this is on disney plus because like i wouldn't have watched it until it hit disney plus because i just don't watch traditional tv anymore right right so like this is going to get a lot more people on board by being on disney plus and like i i you know our, our review will go out and hopefully the dozens of you watch it who've already watched it and you've subscribed to the disney plus moon girl <laughs> renaissance because like man like again like I haven't even finished the season. I already know it's going to be in my top 10. Like this, this is so refreshing. And like reading those comics, those comics are great. I'm just like, man, I just like moon girl is an incredible character. And I just, I love her. And like, not everything has to like become the MCU, but I'm just thinking of like when she does show up in the MCU, it's going to be incredible. Cause if they do half of what they do with like this character in the MCU, with like in terms of style or personality, then like she's going to be a sensation. Yeah. Also dinosaurs are really cool too yeah i'm just like i i love i'm so happy to be in this moon girl moon girl phase because not only do i have so like 25 issues of a comic to read i have like four other series past that i can read yeah uh more like i just the show's so good and people i haven't seen anybody talk negatively about it it is getting rave reviews yeah. which is which is so exciting i just hope lots of people watch it that's the only thing i can hope for uh, genu genuinely, like it's one of those things where, again, I really enjoy the comic, and I and I want to read more of the comics mm -hmm. uh, with her. But like, the show's something special all its own. Yeah, and it it really does, I think, create this window into who this character can be, and and a side of the Marvel universe you just never see. And like, it's so charming. It's yeah. just so gosh darn charming. Yeah, and uh, again, like I won't spoil anything, but I I unfortunately saw that that uh, guest voice list of people showing up, and I'm like. Man, the rest of these episodes are also going to be dope. Yeah, hell yeah. There's one in particular that's really surprising to me. Yeah, I was yeah. like, he he's got to be right. Like he's got to be coming back as. Oh like, sure, yeah. I, I we'll talk off air. But he's yeah, got to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is. I mean, if you've watched, if you've watching this review this far, you've hopefully watched the show. But like, yeah, this is just <clears> a a banger. Uh, I couldn't be more thrilled. Again, like, if this is like the type of output that Disney's trying to put out with their Marvel stuff, then. I'm all on board. Whatever their next announcement is, I don't know if it's already been announced. The Spider-Man thing, but I don't know if that's happening. But that's next. Marvel Studios animation, and this is Disney. Disney animation making a Marvel show. Gotcha. Oh, mm, and so this is uh, okay. so this is different. Yeah, um, this is different. And so we'll see we'll see what that's going to be like. But it, but it gives me hope. Like I want more projects like this. Yeah, uh, coming out of um, Marvel Marvel animation. Yeah. Uh, real quick, again, the music is great. Every Every episode has a is a dope needle drop uh, uh, battle sequence. Soundtracks are already out there. Go listen to them. Yeah, uh, Raphael Sadiq. Again, I recognize him because he has a he is a R and B legend. He's part of the band. He was part of the group Tony Tony Tony. If you know that band, um, he had a a stint on Luke Cage where he sings at, at Luke Cage's at the Cottonmouth uh, Club. That's where I was first introduced to him. I'm like, oh man, I know this guy from Tony Tony Tony. And then I listen to all his shit, and he has a specific style and a specific thing he does with like background voices that I noticed immediately in this show where i'm like is that rafael sadiq and it is uh and he does all the music all all like he's written a bunch of songs for it specifically like original scores original music um this is like a full ass production from animation style music style like it's all everyone's firing on all cylinders like it's it's really great it's just really great no i agree um uh right around this time you'll know that i've done an animation station with uh ben for sonic prime and we're we're nowhere near as uh, <laughs> uh hot as we are for this show at least i like ben hasn't seen the show but i'm not um uh sonic prime is you know fine this is like the kind of like must-see television um especially in animation that, yeah uh I, I'm so pleased is out there. Like this is this is this year's arcane possibly of uh you gotta watch this show. Yeah. Um 
it's so good. It's just they they've really captured lightning in a bottle with this one um, on the creative team that came together to make it because they've they've got such a good window into interpreting this character for this cartoon um, that is so wonderful. Yeah, and and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, being a voice, he's also like an executive producer, and that that's not just him being a name on it. Um, when he worked on the second Ant Man movie. Um, like a producer got in touch with him and he's like, Hey, like check out this moon girl comic. And he read it and he liked it. And he's the one who tried, he got this thing like uh, uh green lit off the ground. And then he got other producers and writers and Raphael Sadiq involved and stuff. And I'm like, man, Lawrence Fishburne, you're cool. Thank, so, thank you, Lawrence. That's so awesome. Thank you for doing Ant-Man and the Lost. I love that movie. <laughs> thank you, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, this, I can't, we could just sit here and gush for a long time about just everything there is to love. I, I think that, the show speaks for itself. Go watch it. Um, if you haven't, if you've listened to all this and you still haven't watched it, there, check it out. Oh my God. This is like one of the few times where I'm like, nothing we could say could like under hype or, right. or over hype how good the show is like, like, cause this show is a visual feast and it's a, it's a musical sensation. So like us just saying these words, like watching the show, it is still nothing could have been spoiled for you with what we just said. Yeah, it is. It is. It is amazing. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. You're just going to have a great time. Thanks for listening to this anyway, though. Man. Um, yeah. Little Girl Devil Dies. And we still I'm, got four more episodes. I'm so excited for the rest that's to come. I'm so excited that it already got a season two. That's a really good sign. Yeah. Um, because this is not like Netflix rules where a season two already existed. And <laughs> they were just waiting to put it out. It's just um, waiting to drop. The, yeah. the, this is like the, the show came out. Uh, the response was really positive and they said, all right, green light that season two. And here we go. Um, so hopefully in the next two years, you know, we get an incredible... Uh, season two follow-up hopefully longer uh longer yeah. season 10 episodes uh, you know i would love but more, i'll take but whatever, like i'll take whatever i can yeah get. if you need the quality to be that good for 10 episodes like you, you can't do more i'm happy whatever you gotta do yeah yeah uh because it's it's you're right like visual feast is the term it's it's so engaging um especially with its blend between its visuals and its music yeah uh the world that it creates whenever she hits play on that cassette uh, and totally changes the color style of the show. It looks, it looks just exceptional. It's like, um, this is, this is a weird comparison, but you know, like during Power Rangers of Sailor Moon, when they do their transformation, you're like, all right, this is the time to do that. Every time, you know, uh, like a battle's about to happen. She hits play on her, on her recorder, on her record player. And I'm like, all right, here's, here comes a dope beat. Yeah. And then something will drop and the colors will change. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's time. Yeah. And I'm excited. It's like, have something to look forward to in an already great show. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for uh, doing this. Because I'm, I'm really glad that we got an opportunity to talk about this. This is such a great show. Yeah. I'm so glad that the show is out. I'm so glad the show is out and Disney's using it to celebrate Black History Month. Absolutely. Um, that's it's, it's great that they have something like this that's out there being like, this is very much for and about uh, a Black character and being so welcoming and inclusive just look how expressive look, look how expressive she is oh my god yeah just, she makes i just thinking about her makes me happy what a great character okay uh that will do it for our animation station Choo -choo. on moon girl and devil dinosaur um you know depending on how those last episodes roll out we might be back again uh sure. so we'll see what happens um but Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're checking out the show, uh, sharing it around. If you need to get people into it, I highly recommend just sharing those music video moments. That's going to get people into it. Absolutely. Um, whatever you got to do, uh, more, more and more people. We're going to make sure the other fake nerds watch this show. Um, it's a great they won't one. watch The Last of Us, but they, they better watch Moon but They'll World. watch this. They better watch this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you can find us on the Fake Nerd Podcast uh, where we're doing all kinds of stuff. We've recently gone through the Scream franchise uh, in anticipation of the sixth scream film Screamy. um we're doing 
uh, Fake Nerds Watch on The Last of Us that Ryan just mentioned. There's also Brandon doing Fake Nerds Watch on Star Trek Picard Season 3. Engage. Uh, we've got Pause Menu. Ben's got uh, one coming out uh, in about a week. And he has one that just came out uh, called uh, Painting Video Games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that's going great. Uh, on our main feed, you guys are talking about... We have a ghost. The new Netflix uh, uh, David Harbour spooky funny movie. Yeah, by the time this is up, that should be up. Yep. So go check that out. Um, all kinds of things. You can check it out on the channel. You can subscribe. You can go and follow and all that kind of stuff. Like uh, like it and love it and you want some more of it. And share it around. All right. Uh, so you can find all that fakenerpodcast.com. There's all our links to everything else that you could be interested in and full rundown of all our shows. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, on Animation Station, there's another... Uh, one about Sonic Prime. If you watch that show, Ben and I are talking about Sonic Prime. True, true. Um, okay. Other than that, uh, Ryan, where can people find you? My goodness, you can find me. Uh, just, just being being a, a fan girl of Moon Girl at DJ Tony Snark six one six. There's an arc that's called Girl Moon. That's about a giant moon that's turned in, that's a girl, and she's like, "You're a lady, but I'm a lady." It's really crazy stuff. I love it. Moon Girl's great, y'all. Those comics are great. I read a one shot. Uh, she has like four one shots. It's like Moon Girl and the Avengers, Moon Girl and the X Men, and those are those are super fun on Marvel Unlimited. She's just like truly like one of the best like new characters around. I I adore her. I'm glad to hear that because I knew about those one shots. I really they're wanted. great. They're so That's fun. Awesome. Uh, Moon Girl and the X Men. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Her and Wolverine, they're BFFs. And uh, you can find me uh, just being super jazzed about the show. Uh, probably agreeing with Ryan that this is my top 10 at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Um, this is going to be one to beat for the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And uh, until next time, we are now departing. Choo-choo.